Welcome back, <laughs> everybody, to Terror and Tacos, and oh my god. We are in person. We are in person. Michael is sitting across from me. I'm in your house. You're in my house. We're both vaxxed. Yes. Fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed and fully all fully, the stuff. I don't know, acclimated to yeah. the stuff that they put in our body. Right. I don't know what it was. Microchip. Microchip. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here. We're like... It's a little emotional. Like, yes. I don't know what to even how to start. I know. Or what? It's so weird. Like, how are you? I'm really good, I guess. Yes, I am really good. Like walking up to your door, I just saw three people I haven't seen in months. months? Like in months. Three people who I consider very good friends mm -hmm. that I haven't seen in months, I, I have a car that no one's seen, so everyone's like, "Who's this fucking guy?" Right, right. Um, yeah, I. I it's a very fancy car. Well, Michael. Thank you. I got a great deal on it, Christy. Yeah. Um, I'm just so excited to to be out. Like I, I, I even after I got, I think we were about a week apart, right? That's yeah. Nice was. Mm -hmm. I was still like reticent after my two weeks, right? And then last week, Aspen, who's been vaccinated since like early February, I know she came over to my house. Yes, yeah, because she's part of the fucking cabal or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> she works in healthcare. Uh, she was like, "Dude, we we should go get food. Like, you should leave the house." Uh -huh. And I was totally freaked out. And then I did it, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Like I remember this. Yeah. And and so slowly but surely, um, I feel like I'm getting back into the world. Right. I haven't gone out. I haven't been to a restaurant. Um, no, wait, that's a lie, but I went by myself. I did on Friday after I was at Dallas Audio Post. Mm -hmm. um, I had to hang around that part of town because I had to pick up John, and I went to the Galleria. Oh, nice. And I haven't been to the mall in forever. And <laughs> yeah. It's still terrifying to me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't like malls before. Sure. And But there was nowhere else to go. But I went to this fancy restaurant. Because uh, I was feeling fancy. And I said, I'm here by myself. I'm going to get food in a restaurant. And it was really odd. Yeah. It, it, it felt weird. It was very strange. And I even said to Aspen, like, w one of the things that was so weird and it's strange it, I, is that I heard all of these people just talking. And, mm -hmm. like, it's not that they were being obnoxious. Like, it was just a restaurant. And yeah. I was like, I haven't heard that chatter. chatter from strangers like right. i haven't heard that it's it's it, it's been so long mm -hmm. and so i think it's going to take still more adjustment time and all that but i am happy to start i don't know i feel like there's some damn hope yeah <laughs> getting back into it a little bit more i mean we have can we tell the people or w would it be bad if we told the people that we're headed to ren fair no i think weekend? it's fine yeah, we're gonna go so renaissance festival of tech no no it's scarborough Scar fair, fair. Um, in Waxahachie, which is mm -hmm. south of Dallas, uh, they're doing uh, like limited capacity, yeah. socially distant, yeah. rent fair shit, yes. whatever that is. Yes. Um, so we're going to go and enjoy a day of, of yeah. Barbara Fair goodness. It's our tradition. It's what we do. Yeah. And we didn't get to go we last get year, to go obviously. Last year. And we are, I guess, lucky um, in that most, I mean, a lot of our really close friends are also fully vaccinated. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I saw um, I saw a friend, Marty, who, who literally recorded a, a, a monologue I wrote for a show that you're producing at your theater. Mm -hmm. 
I hadn't seen Marty in over a year and she's like been working on this thing that I wrote and we got to see each other the other night and it was just it's crazy it was crazy and uh, I'm not normally a hugger but like she is and I've not been hugged by really anyone other than my wife and uh-huh. yeah it, it was all it's all very emotional but I feel I don't know I I think I reached the point where I thought it was never gonna happen yeah <laughs> and now I, I, I feel well, like here we are yeah yeah. It's so strange. I think this is like maybe only the second episode we've recorded in this room. I think the last time you were in this room, the room was white. Yes. Yeah. And you haven't seen the Terror and Tacos office. I haven't. It looks incredible because yeah. I haven't been to your house forever. We hung out in your backyard yeah. or whatever, but we haven't I haven't been we inside. We haven't been inside each other's houses in forever. Yeah. It's it's, it's so crazy. I'm I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this since we like we decided I think a few couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like it was like after after the after the time period after my vaccination. Yeah. We were like, you know what? We Let's could, hold we could off. Actually do it. And, yeah. and come back. Mm-hmm. Return. Return. If you will. It's a good segue. But the other thing we returned to... Was eating tacos. Was eating tacos. (laughs) Because we hadn't done that in a while. So we just returned to a classic. Yeah. Yes. Tacos La Banqueta. Which... Um, It's the best. It's the best. And you know what's the best is like... I mean, it's not... I'm not happy that people's business is closed. I'm not happy at all. Like, that was one of the terrible things about all of us here. But a lot of our favorite family-run taquerias in East Dallas have, like, stayed open. Yeah, and survived. And survived. And it's because people, like, there was really, like, a a grassroots effort Uh here in our area to be, like, support local taquerias, support support local food businesses. Um, And so they're still... Going strong. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think we, we chose Tacos La Vangeta because it is, we always sort of come back to it as our, one of our favorites, if not our absolute favorite. The golden meat. It's my favorite. It's the golden meat yeah. of, of tacos. And it's so, I know we've said it a million times. Dude, we just had, I mean, I just spent six bucks on three, like, incredible tacos. And then when I left, I was like, damn, I should have just bought a bunch. Just Forgot tacos. how cheap these were. Yeah. You would have spent $7 on nine yes, tacos. Yes, on nine tacos. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was great. It was absolutely delicious. All I mean, everything about it was perfect. Yeah. There's a new taco place opening up over here around the corner from my house called St. Taco. Wow. And it's a bougie place. The taco's been canonized, hasn't it, Christy? They they, they come served on fancy white platters. And I'm like, man, as soon as you see tacos plated up that way, you know it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, but I feel like these tacos are Catholic. Yeah, so we have to try them. We have to try them. We do. We Um, do. So next time we'll we'll go to St. Taco and and order some tacos. I had some the other day when I was at Dallas Audio Post, but I'm going to withhold judgment until you get to to have some as well. The first restaurant I did go back to, like the very first restaurant I had been eaten inside in, you know, 13 or 13 months, really. Yeah. 13 13 years. 13 years. Um, was El Vecino. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so I got, but I got a, just got a giant fucking burrito. <laughs> like, Man. Was, Man, I think that we have single-handedly kept Calle Doce open, open yeah. around it's the great. corner because yeah, they look like they know, like John calls and they're like, Hey, Mr. Flores. Awesome. Number five. Number five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look like these places stayed open 
a sad we're dealing with a sad reality right now in that um the alamo draft house is is closed a lot you know and like the ones in dallas have just been closed again yeah we don't know for how long right that is a sad predicament and we know that some of the ones around the country are closing Closing for good for good because i think we're getting we're we're getting um we're getting to a spot where it's like yeah we could go to a I know. A, a movie during the day and yeah um, I would love to do that. I haven't been to a movie theater forever, so. Yeah. I mean, let's just go and then we can sit super far apart from each other. Yeah. And it's like when we sit next, next to, to each other. other. <laughs> yeah. And then we can just like, sh- you know, fuck with the Yell. people and be like, that man is talking. <laughs> Get him out of the theater, theater. please. Um, yeah. So, so we return to doing this in person. We return to tacos. We return to tacos. Where else did we return to, Michael. Well, Christy, we returned to Horror High. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, can I make a confession? Yes. I'm going to confess to you right now since we're both uh, lapsed Catholics. Uh-huh. I'm, this is, I'm returning to confessing. Um, I never watched Return to Horror High in the 80s. I don't see... I don't think that's... this. We. I honestly think these are the years that come up pretty often. This came out in 1987, right? Right. And I think, like, there is a, a section of, like, the mid to late 80s and very early 90s where you and I will talk that our age difference actually comes mm-hmm. into play. I It is not surprising to me at all that you didn't see this Yeah, movie. because you were in high school. I was in college, right? Or uh, I was, No, I was in middle school. Yeah, I yeah. was uh, in 87. Oh, I was yeah, 11 or 12. I was a senior in high school. Yeah, and I was, I was yeah. probably in, like, 11 or 12 just, yeah. like... I would rent if it had horror in the title. Right. I mean, the 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 splashy VHS. Yeah, come well, on. I mean, you, the box alone. The cheerleader with the skeleton head. Yeah, come on. Come on. I'm not gonna not watch that. Right. So I think, I imagine, <laughs> not to say you are a snob or anything, but I imagine your tastes were, no, no, were superior I to will, mine I at the time. I will say that I was a snob because that was. I mean, let's talk about. Okay, let's talk about Return to Horror High. I was. I got curious. And I was like, why didn't I watch this movie when it came out? Like, why was it not on my radar? And so I went and I did a little research and I looked up what else came out in 1987. Uh-huh. I was like, I want to know what was fucking happening in this Yeah, like what was going on. That made this either obscure or made this possible. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to talk about what made this movie <laughs> po- what made this movie. Anyway. Dark magic. Right. Yes. <laughs> So other movies that came out, other horror movies specifically that came out in 87 were Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. So there, I mean, I was, I definitely saw that. Yeah. Lost Boys. Oh of God. Yeah. Of course I saw that. Hellraiser. Yes. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Evil Dead 2. Um, these Monster are, Squad. These are big movies. Angel Heart. Yeah. Stage Fright. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, the Believers. Uh, so these are like. These are not shitty horror movies. No, some of those are like iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Right. And all of those I do remember. And I do remember being the kind of person that was like, I took my genre seriously. Yeah. I was like, I love horror. And I think I may, if I knew, if I knew or suspected that it was making fun, I probably would not have gone to see it because I did not have a sense of humor about it then. Right, that you do now. That I do now. And this this is, and we'll get into why, but this was for me at 11, I think I was probably 12 by the time it came out on video. Um, this was this was the, the type of movie, you know, you rent at 
uh, a sleepover or right. birthday party or some shit. Right, right. Uh, um, a bunch of kids who are technically not old enough to watch the movie, uh-huh. but who were clearly the target audience of the movie. Right. Um, you know, just boobs and blood. and Boobs, <laughs> boobs and blood. Yeah. So, Return to Horror High, 1987, directed by Bill... Why do you pronounce his last name? Froelich? Yeah, I'm going to go with Froelich. Froelich, right? I like that. Who then goes on to to direct an other Elm Street uh, yeah. uh, uh, franchise and some other things, too. But this was, I think, his first. Um, this movie was made for $1 million. Uh-huh. And even though $1 million sounds like a lot of money. It's not. It's not. Even in 87 was not a lot of no. money. That is considered low budget. Well, yeah. And it looks it. Um, and who was uh, who's the first kill in this film, Christy? Um, also, the first credit, George Clooney. George fucking Clooney. Very young. So, what? One of the things about this movie is that it's it's meta, 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 <laughs> yeah. meta. It's like Inception. And we can Yeah, it's Inception, and we cannot tell. Like last night, we started this text thread like yeah. at midnight because I saw it earlier than you yes. did. And we were like, what, what is this movie about? Is this film? Is this film? Like, I cannot tell. You said, I can't tell if this is the most misogynistic movie <laughs> or the most progressive movie ever made. Yeah. And my thing was like, is it brilliant or is it terrible? Right. I can't tell. I, um... And so like, just the, just the George Clooney bit that's not even the first meta. I mean, that's like meta, meta, meta. Yeah. Because, as you know, George Clooney went on to become like, he was on ER. ER, yeah. Yeah, like he was, had started a film career as a young man and then made ER. ER. And then became one of the biggest stars in the world. Right. But he's playing a character who's. <laughs> Who's who plays like? But he plays an actor playing a cop, right? Mm -hmm. So the 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 premise vaguely of this movie. What is it, Michael? I don't know. There was a murder. First, I want to say, just in case you're wondering, if you're sitting around, um, Return to Horror High is not a sequel. No. To Horror High. No, no, it's not. So even that is like weird. Weird comment. Crippen High School. Yeah, Crippen High School. Or Town Crippen. Yeah, in in Crippen, um, a mass murder took place years ago. In 82. So five years before. A film crew has now come to shoot a movie about this. Right. In the actual location. And they've also, in a bizarre twist that makes no sense, have hired a couple of people who were involved in the real story right. to be actors in their film. They've in, they've hired the principal. The principal. And they've hired the the pervy janitor. The pervy janitor. Who there's a twist. Yes, there is. Oh, my God. There's a twist that we'll get to that I was like, thank God. God, yeah. <laughs> and a kid... A guy who went to the school but is now a cop. Right. So, that's why we have to talk about George Clooney. Because George Clooney is an actor playing a cop, and this is like the first day of filming. Oh, yeah. So, one of the things about this movie, (laughs) we're going to be all over the place, y'all. Because this film is all over the place. All over the fucking place. So, the first day of shooting, George Clooney goes up to the director, we'll talk about the director in a little bit, and says, hey, I just got off the phone with my agent. 
I got a series. I and they're like, series. Great. Yeah. He's like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you. You can't yeah. leave. And he's like, I'm leaving. It's a series. And he's like, we're making a fucking film. And he's like, yeah, it's low budget, man. I'm out. Yeah. And so then they hired the cop. The actual cop. The actual cop. cop. <laughs> but it's so weird because like the actual cop. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The actual cop was a student. Yes. At Crippen High when the murders it, took place. And not only was he a student, he was the boyfriend of the girl. Right. Of one uh, of the girls that got killed. Yes. Right? Y- you are, Am I right? Uh, he was boyfriends with a girl who disappeared. Right. And then, so they sort of plant this scene that maybe his girlfriend was the killer. Right. Um, but just, just to recap, in case you missed it, uh-huh. they hire an actual, actual cop to play the male lead in their film. In their film, yes. <laughs> that they're shooting in the real location. Uh, 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 uh. So, that, so John, I think I told you this last yes. night. My husband, John, was watching it with me. And John has a habit of doing a thing uh-huh. when movies make no sense. Like uh-huh. when I'm sitting there going like, this is bullshit. Uh-huh. John wants to everyone to succeed. And so John is like, well, you know, maybe this is, they're making a statement about reality and non-reality, <laughs> blurring the lines. And I was like, you're giving them too much yeah, credit. Yeah, dude, yeah. I can't tell how much of that was accidental and how much of it was just like they stumbled upon some... Brief, some moments. Yeah. yeah, because you go back, so you sort of go back and forth in a premise that now seems pretty common, but at the time wasn't. Mm-hmm. They're shooting this film and so of course we go in and sometimes we're watching a scene being shot right and then sometimes we're watching these actors and crew people actually get murdered right we we think we we think think but even then even when we're watching the scene being shot or when we're watching reality happen right even those things are they flashbacks? Sometimes they are, which is also crazy because then you, so you have, they're shooting a film, you have what's actually happening in the present, you have flashbacks, and then you have dream sequences. Within. So it's like half the time you're just like, what the fuck is happening? All right, so let's make sense of it. <laughs> Maureen McCormick is also in this movie. Yes. Played Marsha Brady. Marsha Brady. In The Brady Bunch. And I said to Michael last night, I was like, I wonder if she was ever like, I am Marsha Brady. Yeah. I'm a fucking American icon. Yeah. What am I doing In this here? film. Um, so it opens with one of these flashback scenes where the cops come to the high school and there's bodies strewn all over and they talk to the writer of the uh, movie. Of the movie. And then the writer starts telling the story of the events that have just, just happened. happened. Yeah. So we flashback to the events of last night. Right. Within the flashbacks of the events to last night, we're getting the story of the, the massacre original that murder. happened five years, years ago. ago. So flashback within a flashback. Within a flashback. Yeah. Sometimes dream sequence yes. in that flashback. Flashback. And then sometimes you think you're watching a flashback and it turns out they were just right. shooting a scene. Right. And it's like, Whew. all of that is okay. I mean, all of that's fine. I mean, fuck, Inception did it, right? Sure. Like, but there, there's no tonal shift. No. Like, there, there, there was no tonal shift. There's no hint to the audience. 
And and maybe that's what they wanted. Like maybe, and I've read some reviews where it's like, oh, that was part of the fun. Part of the fun was like trying to figure out where I, and I'm like, that's fun when you're at a fucking fun house. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it could have even been fun in the way of like, um, you, you know, you brought up Lynch as we are wont to do, but like, yeah, when I watch Lost Highway or Mulholland and I don't quite understand which timeline or where I am, like, mm-hmm. but it's being handled by a master. Right. Like, it's being handled by an absolute master. Right. This just seems messy. Messy. So, so messy. And so, like, you brought up, you just brought up Marsha Brady, uh-huh. Marie McCormick, who is a real human being and has an actual name. But this even, and I texted you, I said, this to me even goes towards this movie pandering to me at 12 and not you at, you know, 17 or whatever you were. Because at 12, I was in love with Maureen McCormick. Right. Because Brady Bunch reruns were on all the time. time. And so... I was in love with Marsha Brady and they give you just enough weird her showing cleavage yeah. and blood and eating a hot dog for an idiot fucking 12 year old boy to just like, right. oh my God. She's being sexy. She's being sexy. I don't even know what that means really, but I know she's being it. Right. It's so weird. Like, because when it starts, she's like, starts coming on to her, to, to her police chief Who's or like whatever. 30 years older Who's than 30 she is. 30 years older than she is. And so... I mean, it's so strange because, so we see that, I see I'm confused, like, so we see that in, in the story story, like Uh the first layer, right? Oh, it's like an onion, Michael. It's like a stinky, smelly onion. Um, And then, and then when we were watching the movie being shot, Uh I wish you could see me. No, it's pretty amazing. It's like, it's like, like figuring my, out an algorithm yeah, right my, now. Yeah, my brain's about to explode. Then we have the 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 female lead, you know, uh-huh. the last girl, and who is... Is she playing Kathy? She's playing multiple parts. Right, which in is, the movie! Which is another fucking layer of like, oh dear God. Yeah, it's like, who is she right now? And they have the producer say, we can only afford one actress, so we put on a different wig and she's playing three parts. And then it's like, oh my God. So then we further <laughs> don't know what's happening. But there's a really great scene. Okay, so here we go. There's a great scene where... She is playing like the popular girl, uh-huh. and the the quarterback played by Philip McKeon. Philip Philip McKeon, Nancy McKeon's. Oh, is that her brother? Yeah, he, I had no he idea. Was on Alice. Oh, which, like, I... all of this stuff is weird because Philip McKeon was on Alice. He's Nancy McKeon's brother, and George Clooney was on Facts of Life. Yeah, and Nancy McKeon was on Facts. Of... There's like all sorts. Wow. Of okay. Yeah. Nice. So. So the quarterback tries to get her to, I mean, this is the part where it's like, it gets rapey, y'all. Straight up rapey. It gets straight up rapey where the quarterback is like, we're going to do it. And she's like, no, no. He's like, I paid $17 for dinner. And it's like, we've had (laughs) $17. Come on, man. Where did you take her? (laughs) What the fuck? I know it's 87, but come on. Come on. So we've had a movie that already has had a lot of humor in it. And then it gets downright rapey. And then yeah. in the middle of that scene, the producer's head 
played by Alex Rocco. Yeah, who was dude. was in Godfather He's fucking Mo Green. Yeah. Like, pops up and puts his hands on her boobs. And uh-huh. he's like, we got to show her tits. Yeah. And so then that breaks. And we have actually a great little scene. Yeah. Where the the female lead of the movie, end of the movie. Yes. Uh, have an exchange. And I wrote it down. And she's like, she gets raped. And she goes, you don't have to show it to know it. And the producer goes, who the hell wants to hear about it? And she says, it's degrading to women. And he says, if they keep watching it, I'll keep making it. Yeah. So we have this great little exchange about the very thing that we're watching them do to Maureen McCormick. McCormick. And not just Maureen McCormick. I mean, that that's 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 what's so in, I, interesting is not the word. Odd. What? Just what's so odd. And you, you texted me. I think you were like... Can you can you satirize or mock can the you, thing that you actually are? Right. Can you be the thing while you're making fun of the thing? And also trying to comment on and the also thing. And trying to comment on the thing. And I don't know because it's it's Marie McCormick, which is weird. That whole thing is weird. Looking back now as an adult, I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm sure. Look, man, I'm not going to pretend. I, I'm sure at the time I was very fucking excited to see what was happening. But on top of that, there there are I mean there are scenes that take place in the locker women rooms. the the girls locker room for no reason. For no reason. Th- there are boob shots for no reason, which again is not surprising for an 80s horror movie. Yeah. But then like you have this monologue, but those scenes before weren't treated in any sort of satirical commentary no, kind of they're way. They're like just sincere. They're just like typical they're boob typical shots. Boob shots for no reason. Yeah. And then you have the monologue talking about why the boob shots are bad. Right. Then you get later in the movie, you get a sincere love scene. For nine and a half for minutes. For nine and a half minutes between the, the 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 real cop who's now the lead actor sure. and the actress uh-huh and they don't show any boob right. so it's like it's this weird mixture of like it's like oh are they showing us the way it should be done but also there's a weird like 80s like power ballad playing and then shots of like and neon yeah neon and then shots of like the the crew like grinding shit for the set it's so it's so strange fucking weird there's an exploding boob joke there's an exploding boob joke it's uh it's a lot it's really 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 bizarre yeah and like right now I'm talking to you and like all I can think of right now in this moment is how a room full of razor wire in a girl's dance school in Munich makes more sense yes. than this movie. Like, when the room of razor yeah. wire shows up when, in Suspiria, when, and she has to crawl through it, yeah. Jessica Harper or whatever has to... It makes more sense to me. Yeah, when you reference Argento as your logician in the room, like, you're in some fucking trouble, right? Right. So, it's it's funny, look, but despite all that, like, even when we were texting, like, there was part of me that was like, I kind of want to remake this. Yeah. Like, there's something there. There is something in, like, you said it, I think you said, this is nine movies, right? It is. It's, it's like you're watching nine different movies, and maybe none of them works. But, um, 
there's also something in there that could work, that could really work. Right. It just doesn't. It's like what I think I said, it, it's it's a lot of confusion with intervals of, ah, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Because then there's that scene. They're just trying to shove too much. Too many things. There, there's a scene where the director has the exchange with a producer. About what a film should be. what a film should be. And yeah. the film he's trying to make and it makes no sense and he walks backwards out of the room and everybody's just kind of like what and i was like that's the david lynch moment. yeah and he doesn't even finish his story no he doesn't he just like is talking and he's walking and, and it's so weird and then he's gone and like i kind of loved it yeah but what movie is that in what movie yeah <laughs> it, it was so weird that guy by the way is something his name's Jacoby? Oh my God! I wrote down his name because he is in Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane and Bad Ronald. Oh, Scott okay. Jacoby. Um, yeah, there was like a few. I mean, Alex Rocco, who plays yeah. Mo Green. Mo Green, man. He plays the creepy producer yeah. in this. And I said, I was like, I wonder if there was a moment where he was like, I was fucking Mo Green. It's Mo Green, in Godfather Two. He slaps Fredo Corleone. Yes, he's Mo Green. He's so important that Hyman Roth brings him up <laughs> in part two. In part two. Yeah, like, um, it, it's a, it's such a strange thing. And then, like, also, I mean, I text, I was, uh, one of my messages to you was, and I don't, hey, man, I don't begrudge anyone getting paid. And I, yeah, but I had this moment where I was like, okay, so that's Alex Rocco. And then on the flip side, you have... Marine McCormick, who is literally like television royalty. Like she is a 1970s TV icon. And did she feel like she needed to do this to change her image? I don't know. She might have thought it was fun. She might be friends with someone. I have no idea. But all I could think about was like, God, dude, Hollywood is fucking brutal. It is. It's fucking brutal. This woman who was on a hit show for Mm -hmm. years, who people still probably have a crush on. Right. It's like, yeah, I kind of got a show. Not my tits, but like my cleavage with smeared blood while I I eat a a hot dog. dog. And I just was like, and, and then Mo Green is playing... I mean, God, dude, this the stereotypical producer to the point where they have him order the most Jewish sandwich you could possibly order. Right. You know? And again, I'm sure, I, I don't know, but I, Moraka could very well be Jewish in real life, and I get that that's a running joke. <laughs> but I was like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, no, every- like, him ordering the corned beef or whatever right. does not move the story forward. Right. <laughs> like, there, there were little. And I'm things. sorry if I was offensive in suggesting that was a Jewish sandwich. No, but it's, it's it's that's what Hollywood does. Yeah. I mean, they have they they. Uh, it's just all over the place. It's so crazy. At the same time, there are some kills that are kind of fun. Fuck yeah! I mean, there. I I wrote this down. I was like, you have in this movie. The seed of scream. Yes. And then you have, in some weird way, in one scene, the seed of saw. Right. Like. Right. I mean, out of nowhere, this crazy, you know, Rube Goldberg thing that becomes such a huge thing in Saw and then every iteration Mm -hmm. of Saw afterwards in this movie. Yeah. In 1987. Yep. 
Um, with like the propeller killing the yes. back and and then the weird like kitty litter uh, quicksand so, pit. So strange. In my mind, it's kitty litter. No, it's, no, I know mine too. I'm losing vocabulary. That's why I'm glad we're talking to each other in person because I think that has to do also with like not talking to people. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I I I've, I have forgotten how, how to, to do this. To yeah, um, but. No, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that's really fun. Like, so then we get, where are we? Then we get to the end. Dude, we gotta talk. We have got to talk about the the reveal. Oh God! About all right. So <laughs> at the beginning of of this movie, it's when, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. When, I know when they hire the cop to be the lead. Uh-huh. He's kind of like on set and learning his lines or whatever. And the the, the janitor, um, I can't remember his name. Amos. Amos. Great. Yeah. Um, black janitor. Yeah. Um, and this guy's also a famous actor. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, he comes out and he's like, hey, Steve, or whatever his name is. And he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, they hired me to be in the movie. Yeah. He goes, and I'm going to... I'm going to just start my movie career after this. And he's like, oh, yeah? What kind of movies are you going to make, Amos? And he's like, I'm going to make pussy pictures. <laughs> I got 10 inches strapped under my pants right now. And I, I mean, I literally turned to John and was like, what are we watching? Yeah, what is and happening? why is this okay? Yeah. And then he just jolly-like walks off. And I'm going, please, God, don't let this be the only black person in the movie. And it was. Basically. I Basically. Think, I think this, the, one of the oh, ADs. Oh, yeah. The, the is, ADs yeah. is, yeah. one of the ADs is black. And maybe they did that on purpose to yeah. be like, let's not. Uh, so then much later in the movie, please talk about the reveal. No. Okay. So, so yeah, throughout the film, when you see the janitor, this is what you get, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like half lovable, half absolutely fucking disgusting right sure i don't know it's the fucking 80s it's the 80s 80s. that was part of the deal um i mean yeah okay so you have the janitor the cop and the principal who all were involved in the real life story who are now all in the film okay great we get to the reveal the cop and the lead woman have tracked down where this shit is going down obviously it's tunnels under the school this is where the killer's hiding of course they find out who the killer is. There's a room of corpses. I right. forgot that. There's a right. fucking room There's of corpses. There's a room of corpses. <laughs> um, it's the janitor. And you're like, oh, no. No. No, God. Please, God, no. But, Christy, it's not the janitor. There is no janitor, apparently. Who is it? It's the principal disguised as the janitor, Amos... The whole time. He's been the jack disguised yeah. the janitor the whole time. But here's the thing, Michael. Like, how did he get, like, a uh, Hollywood... Yeah, a Mission Impossible level mask. Right. <laughs> like, because he rips it off Scooby-Doo style. Yeah, Scooby-Doo style. And it's like, but no, wait, you've been walking around living as this man. This isn't some shitty... <laughs> Right. It's so, it is so insane. It is so bizarre. So it turns, yeah, it turns out that it's the principal uh-huh. and Kathy, the girl that went missing, is the daughter of, of the, the principal. principal. Spoilers, guys. Yeah. Sorry. And 
The principal has been wanting to kill the the Steve, cop. I don't know his name is Steve. Uh, yeah, the cop Steve. who was his daughter's boyfriend. Because now we learn in I don't know one minute left in Act Three that he got her pregnant. Right. He didn't even know, he but he know. got her pregnant. And she died giving herself Herself an an abortion. abortion. (laughs) She gave herself an abortion. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but like uh, there was no, I mean, that is like a shock and a surprise that you're going like, oh my God. No, and nowhere in this film have we been prepared for the Tom Cruise ripping off the Philip Seymour Hoffman mask in Mission Impossible 3 moment. Or the self-abortion. The <laughs> like, self-abortion. Or the corpses in the, the of basement yeah. of the gym. Um, oh, my God. And so now the principal is going to force Steve, I'm calling him Steve, sure. to marry the corpse of his, his daughter. dead daughter. Yeah, yeah. And he's got Kath, the, the actress playing Kathy, who is also playing, playing Mom, all of the- like tied up, and he keeps... Like kissing her arm. Yeah, it's it's gross. so disgusting. It's so it's, gross. It's so so gross. So, so th- then he, Steve or whatever, like that. We're just calling him Steve now. Um, he uh, he he saves the day because he's you know he's Johnny on the spot. He's right. a cop. He, he he finds a javelin. He finds a javelin. Yes, because we're in the basement of the gym in the yes, corpse room, Christy. Come yeah, on, there's a javelin in the corpse room, and he throws the javelin through. Okay, cool. Great. Maybe we're done. No, we're not. We're not. Because there are still two more, at least, major reveals. So, we go back to the beginning, the framing device of Maureen McCormick and the other cops Uh around the dead bodies. Of the the TV, of the the film film crew. crew. The writer has finished his story. Oh, God, they all died. I can't believe it. They all died. Right. Something happens. They have to run back in. Yeah, the writer comes out and says they're in the. They're basement. in the basement. They're in the basement. Yes. So they so run they, all back the in. The cops run in. The real cops. The real cops. They eventually machine gun the principal because he's not dead yet. The right. javelin didn't kill him. No. While through the heart. Through the heart. <laughs> yeah. While they're doing that, up on the surface, all the corpses of our friends from the movie crew, dismembered corpses, dismembered corpses, wake up and. Or come to life. It was all a prank that the producer has pulled to get better marketing for the film. Right. It'll be great PR. It'll be great PR. They tried to make this movie and they all died. Right. Wow, that's so Hollywood. Right. And they drive off and you're like, okay, finally, it's done. Right. No, No, it's not, it's not done. It's not done because then we go into the office. Uh Uh-huh. And we see a photo of the principal and someone is talking to that photo of the principal and it's the fucking screenwriter. It's the screenwriter who is... The principal's son. The principal's son who can now write the script to Horror High. Yeah. But is that the last reveal? No. No. Because as he is typing... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh my god, I actually Blood forgot about this. starts dripping onto yes. the page and he looks up uh-huh. and he goes, Dad! Who apparently was, after being riddled with machine gun and bullets, javelin in and the heart, javelin in the heart is, is still not alive. dead. It was, and I just want to point Bombers. out, again, I don't know if we mentioned this, this film is 95 minutes long. Right. All of this shit happens. 
in 95 minutes. And somehow it's still slow. I, it, so, it, I, yeah. it is... And, like, so I had, I don't want to say I had an epiphany or that this was, like, a great, like, spiritual realization I made. But I did have a very interesting (laughs) moment where I turned to my wife, who was very lovely and watched this with me. It was probably on her phone most of the time, but was, like, I was, like, I have to watch this. Not in a million years would she want to watch Return of the Ride. But she did, and she watched some of it. And I turned to her, and I was, like, oh, my God. I think I understand now what a my preteen boy brain was. And none of it matters. None of it it matters. doesn't matter if it connects because it's just image after image. A lot of those images are blood and a lot of those images are boobs. Right. And I don't know what's fucking happening. I don't understand tor- storytelling for shit anyway. Yeah. Yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. And it doesn't matter. And and I'm sure, like we said, we rented it. My friends and I probably rented it because the box looked cool uh-huh. or got our somebody's older brother right. or sister Your to rent it. Or checking pay. on you. Yeah, because we couldn't because it was rated R. But the box was great. And we probably thought this was amazing. It, right. And, that, and I was like, oh, God, the simplicity and fucking idiocy of being a 12-year-old boy. Right. Um, just like... Or at least what I was as a 12-year-old boy. Just like no, smacked sure, me in the face. I'm sure everybody as a 12-year-old boy... And in the, like what's, what's interesting to me is that in the middle of this realization of like boobs and blood, you do get that monologue dropped in by the lead actress going right. like, this is bullshit. I'm not going to show my boobs. This right. is exploitative to women. And you... Probably didn't remember that part. No, I didn't remember that at all. And I don't I don't know if the time of course I would have had some inkling of of obviously what those words meant, but like I don't know I had not reached a point even at eleven or twelve. I don't think I fully understood how fucked up right. the the way the genders are treated so differently. I don't think especially as a boy, I don't no, think I realized yeah. that I mean, yet. To to it's I, like, oh my god, he's touched your boob. Ha ha. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll touch a boob. You know, like, really? Like, it's that fucking stupid. Like, it's that fucking stupid. And not, like, in a, even in a gross way. No, no, like in a perfectly natural like, oh, man, boy maybe, way. Maybe a girl talk to me and that'll happen someday. And, like, it's a, it's a strange thing to be, now, like, 45 and is just... It, is it strange to just, be a 12-year-old boy, Michael? I, oh, my... It was... I think at the time it's all you know, but looking back now, it, it's. I heard someone. I was a, a stand-up, and I say this is like again. There are twelve-year-olds in the world that have to deal with like actual shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm not going right. to sit here and pretend right. that I had to deal <laughs> with like real fucking life shit. I right. didn't. Um, that 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 was my privilege, if you know. Um, so I could focus on this kind of stuff. Uh, on blood and boobs. But yeah, there was a, there was, I saw a stand up comedian who was talking, he's a little younger than I am, but he was basically talking about being that, that age. And he was like, you're just so angry and so horny all the time. And that's it. That's your fucking life. Blood and boobs. And and there it is. And there it is. Wow. That is so crazy. Yeah. This movie was bonkers. It was absolutely bonkers. I will, I don't think I will. Watch it again. No, it's a. I'm I glad mean, we came back with this though. Because me too. It was fun and weird and stupid. And kind of everything. There, there, there is a beauty to the genre that 
allows, and I don't know, look, there are really bad comedies and there are really great comedies, right? There Mm -hmm. are bad realistic dramas and great realistic dramas. The, the, like, range of what horror is, Mm -hmm. is to me maybe more than any other genre that you can have this and the fucking exorcist. Right. And as far as the world is concerned, that's the same. That's the same thing. That's the same thing. That's what I was going to ask you because I mean, like I I read off that list and we've got movies like the believers and angel heart on the same list with like, and I'm not saying that, I mean, angel heart is great. Nightmare on Elm Street is great. Those are two different types of horror movies, but they're lumped together. Right. Um, And then at the same time, you have Return to Horror High. Right. And Uh, I read one review where this guy was like, yeah, 1987 was shit for horror movies, and this is like the culmination. Like, Return to Horror High is the culmination of everybody was tired of the slasher by that time. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, because you have Elm Street. Right. And you have, I mean, Prince of Darkness isn't a slasher, but you have Elm Street, you have Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, you have some good movies coming out that year. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder if this is, um, we have some really good, my God, man, Elm Street, Angel Heart, these are huge movies. Yeah. But I do wonder if it is the tail end of the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. style Yeah, because we, re- we wouldn't come back to it until Scream. Right. Like really, really, really good. Yeah, and Scream, even because Craven was fucking brilliant, mm-hmm. even he realized to bring it back, like he and Kevin Williamson had to comment on the thing. Right. Maybe in the way they were trying to do mm-hmm. in Return to Horror High, but just couldn't because they weren't yeah. skilled enough. Yeah. Um. There's a, I read a, 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 another review by, oh, I, I know this guy, man, Bre- Bre- Bremer, Nat Bremer, who reviews horror movies and stuff like that. And this was from Wicked Horror. And he talks about how this is definitely, you see precursors of Scream yeah. in this movie, but only in that they're trying, not the quality of the writing or the shooting or anything, but only in that whoever's making this movie is trying to not send up, but talk about the movie while they're, yeah. talk about the genre while they're making, making the, the genre. genre. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I, that's to me is an interesting thing that was happening that early in, mm-hmm. in the course of things horror wise, but they just don't get there, you know? And I think it's interesting too, because Craven, I think actually needs, God, I'm saying actually a lot. Uh, I think Craven needs new nightmare to set himself up for scream. Right. Because he does a lot of things in new nightmare that you can see are really him figuring out the stuff he'll perfect when he makes scream. Yeah. The sort of self-referential meta stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a great, it's such a weird encapsulation of the time and all that shit. And it's, it's funny. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, this, I mean, this is not new. It's not like somebody had an epiphany in 1987 and said, like, oh, the movie business is terrible for right. women. I mean, you can go all the way back. You can go back to Sunset Boulevard in the 50s. Of course, yeah. And Billy Wilder was making a statement about how cruel the movie business is to women. Yeah. Right? And how exploitative it is and it ruins lives. Yeah. I guess... So this is something that we've been talking about yeah. since the movies started happening. Right. And I guess the the message is that the producers 
don't care. Like if it makes if, if it people, makes money, if people keep watching it, I'm going to keep making it. Yeah, and I think, um, it, yeah, and I think that the the strange thing is is that this movie is also that thing, though. You know, I, I know it's, it is it's also so exploitative and um, or exploitative, and and I, it's such a strange mismatch mishmash of things but also like also i think a perfect example and i mean maybe this is similar to what streaming has done now but what vhs made possible right because 10 years earlier or maybe 15 i don't timeline wise i don't know like when video really hit um this couldn't have had like wouldn't have happened Mm-hmm. Um, th- this movie to me is n- this is made to be like I said is rented we're going to make our money back because 12 right. year old kids are going to rent this at for, parties for sleepovers for sleepovers yeah. we're not going to make our money in, in the movie theater right. you know um, and I just don't pre-VHS that, that just wasn't possible like right. I don't know that you could get I mean, you would have Ed Wood, I guess you could go back to, but that's like a, it's all no, a weird that, thing. No, that's its own weird thing. I mean, yeah. those were, no. I yeah. mean. He, and Ed Wood thought he was doing He something. was making art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's the beauty slash sadness of Ed Wood, but like, this isn't that. No. Um, no, no. They don't think they're making The Exorcist. They don't think they're making The Shining. They don't think they're Stanley Kubrick. No. Um. And at the same time, they're also nowhere near John Carpenter, like, making a really awesome fucking slasher movie. It's right. just such a... It's a weird... I think, didn't you say, like, what a, what a weird time to be yeah, alive? Yeah, 1987. What a weird time to be alive. Yeah, and it's sometimes, I think, easy maybe for us to forget because some of that stuff is just so normal that even in larger movies... Um, and I'm not even talking about being like super, you got to look at it through 2021, mm-hmm. but there were just things about movies that are like, yeah, it's fucking slow. <laughs> and like, um, right. maybe there's a scene that doesn't cut quite right. Like it wasn't that bizarre. I don't know. Does that make any sense? A little bit. Like we just got used to movies being, I don't know. Like you don't remember how like, oh God, that was actually a mess. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. You just accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think because also it was because it's film film, right? Right. And we're now so accustomed to watching digital media. Yeah. Where editing, editing is in some, in some ways it's better and in some ways it's terrible, but it's, it's hard to go back. It is. It is hard to go back and go like, oh yeah, that was at a time when. If you didn't have it, you just didn't have it. Yeah, if you didn't have it, you didn't have it. You're burning, you're burning daylight. You're burning film. This yeah. shit costs money. We gotta get the fuck out. Like, yeah. it's just a different thing. And um, yeah, I thought this was honestly like we picked it because it had "return" in the title. Yeah, and we were returning, but it ended up being perfect. It's yeah, everything it, that's like beautiful and terrible about, about horror movies. Horror movies. Um, so, what else have you been watching? What what is another return movie that you like? Well, if, if I was yes, so a return I love because this again this is a theme in horror, right? right. Uh, I mean, Halloween Four, The Return of oh, Michael Myers yeah. is one of my favorite. Yeah, that's um, really good. You know, we brought up Twin Peaks: The Return. I, I love that's my. I mean, I yeah. love Twin Peaks: The Return. That it's is incredible, incredible, and that and that is a return series. Where it is in the hands of a master uh-huh. who's going, I don't care what you think. 
Yeah. But he knows where he's going. That's the difference. Yes. It's like he knows where he's go where he's yeah. going. I don't think these people knew. Where no. They, I think they were just trying to make nine different. Yeah. Things. And I think also like he knows where he's going, and and he has the ability to even if a my always go back. I know I talk about it a lot on here, but if you like look at the club silencio scene mm-hmm. in Mulholland in Mulholland Drive, even if you don't understand what's exactly happening. I mean, I, I cry every time I watch that scene. Yeah. Like, it's just staggering. I don't know. He's just able to yeah. touch on something that's, like, deeper. And these, these people are... And these people don't. Like, he's just able to, like, tap into either things that move us uh-huh. or or things that, that scare us. Yeah. In a really, really strange, strange. way. Like, the, um, I always remember the scene in the um, fire walk with me where we have the moment with Laura and Bobby and then it starts playing backwards <laughs> and it's crazy, but you go, Oh, it's perfect. That yeah. is how it is. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's yeah. just really, really, it's, I mean, the difference between being a mass, like just a true master craftsperson and, and, mm-hmm. and not. Right. So let me throw out a very weird, are we good on time? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're good on time. So could you tell, just watching it, I know it's hard because we know what happens. Could you look at Clooney at that early and say, like, in this weird fucking low-budget film and say, like, oh, that guy's going to be a star? I'm going to express an unpopular opinion. You're not a fan of Clooney. Michael, I have never been a fan of Clooney. That's fine. I don't. I've never thought he was particularly handsome. Right. I know people are going to be like, oh! <gasps> clutching their pearls at this or whatever but he's not my type he is neither clean cut nor dirty right and i like extremes i'm a person that lives in extremes no i get but you know and as but i will say this um i think he is a person or a man the type of man that has grown into his looks okay like i don't yeah, I think he's more handsome as an older, older man, man than he was as a Cause, young Yeah, because I did not. Because I, I didn't remember he was in it. I mean, I, I just didn't no. even remember that. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if you're going to, like, see. Because, like, you know when you watch Thelma and Louise and Pitt comes on screen? And everything else stops and in the you, world? Yeah, and you know instantly. He's going to be a star. This man will be a star. I yeah. don't even know if he's a good actor. It doesn't matter. Just right. point a camera at him. Right. Say It's the same thing with Johnny Depp. If, yeah, if, in if Nightmare. You, if you go In Nightmare, but also if you go back and watch 21 Jump Street, well, which was after Nightmare, but if you go back and watch those episodes, like, young, 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 you go, he's going to... Yeah, this person's going to be a star. And, and yeah, so I didn't get that. And then also I was like, but this is a goofy film. But also, that's an interesting point, though. In 87, he was still... Weird and gangly. Yeah, he's weird and gangly looking and, and strange. And he's definitely grown into his looks. Of course, he has all of Hollywood at his beck and call of to give him, like, spob yeah. treatment. I also think he comes off as, like, I'm going to be a comedian. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, it's no. Not your just go be a doctor. Yeah, like <laughs> oceans of yeah. movies or whatever. Go wear a suit. But, yeah, I'm not... I've never, I've never been a fan of... No, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just... I'm always intrigued by early early work of people who would go on to be sort of obscenely famous so weird now brad pitt and thelma and louise i did the moment the, the moment he popped on screen 
everything else went it was like in Wayne's world when he sees what's her name for the first Tia time Carrera. Yeah. yeah and it's like dream yeah. weaver that happened to me when I saw Brad Pitt the first time and I still am in love with that man yeah there's it's crazy it's I'm like hey let's talk about how handsome Brad Pitt is you know what else I did what I'm gonna tell you what I did because I felt a responsibility oh my god I almost forgot I felt a response you know seeing as how it's the greatest film ever made it's it's (laughs) the greatest story ever told I forgot I felt like it was my responsibility and I wasn't gonna force you to do it but because you're a good friend right because I'm a good friend Uh, it turns out um did you return to Hannibal Lecter? I Christine? returned to the Lecterverse. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to watch Hannibal Rising. <laughs> you know, I'm going to see if this is the greatest story ever told. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, I was so angry. <laughs> I, I started watching it and I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. And here's the thing. Like, it's got production value. Yeah, sure. There's some money involved. There's people in it, you know? My first question, though, is, like, the way you put it was, like, why does Hannibal... Why does young Hannibal Lecter look like a teen model? That's so weird. You know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, Frenchies. I'm sorry, Frenchies. But this this young actor is a French guy. Uh, What's yeah. his name? Something... Something... I don't remember. He's a French guy, and he's really young, and he's really handsome. And... He kind of reminds me, remember, remember what's his name in Legend of Greystoke, Christopher Lambert? Yeah. <laughs> like, he can't quite get the, the, the inflection of English. Yeah. Right? Hey. And they're giving him, they're giving him lines. It's not his fault. Right. But they're giving him lines that require a certain inflection. Right. To land yeah. the humor of Perhaps it or whatever. to be played by, I don't know, a really great Shakespearean actor like right. Anthony Hopkins like or Anthony, Brian Cox. Or Brian Cox, <laughs> right? Um, or, or even you know, Matt Nicholson, yeah. right? But no, this was terrible. This was a terrible movie. And I mean, I love the actress who plays Hatsumomo in, in Memoirs of a Geisha. I can't remember her name. That's terrible. But she's beautiful. So I'm like, I love her. So I'll watch her in anything. And she's in this. And she's in this as the hot Asian woman in the in Europe that takes him. Like, the story is so preposterous to me. Um and here's my thing is like in I don't know I don't know why we need to know Hannibal's backstory. Yeah. I don't know why we like the beauty of Red Dragon the or not Red Dragon but the beauty of Silence of the Lambs is that he's a monster. Uh-huh. And I like him. Yes. You know like he is a terrible terrifying monster. And I already like him. Yeah, I I don't know that that should be the moral. Um, what am I talking about? Like the moral. Um, yeah, dilemma that dilemma you, that I feel as an audience Hannibal, member as an audience member for Hannibal Lecter. Even in in what's the other one, Hannibal? Right. Yeah. Where I'm like, he's a horrible human being. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And also, that guy is a dick. Yeah. Maybe he, he should. Maybe he should, maybe he should get killed. I don't need to, like, I don't need any more backstory to feel that way. Yeah. And that's because it's played by Anthony Hopkins. Do you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And who, I, who brings all that without some stupid, fucking, lazy backstory. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't watch it. I haven't seen you this angry via text since you watched the remake of The Craft. So I was very entertained. But it is a weird thing that the, the, whatever happened to like the less you know about the monster, the more interesting right. the monster is. Right. Which is even why I love Halloween. One of the reasons, many reasons I love Halloween is 
uh, I don't know. He killed his sister. That's all we need to know. And I was like, well, why? He seems like a just like a normal suburban kid. Yeah, great. Yeah. And then, you know, Zombie, when he made his, it was like, oh, he had a mean stepdad and his mama was on the pole. And See, I don't I was like, like, who I don't gives care a shit? About those who things? gives I a shit? I don't care about those things because you know what? There are bunches of people in the world who had mean stepdads yes. and their moms were on the pole. Yeah. And they turned out okay. Yeah. Right? So, like, it doesn't make me feel more right for that. I'm sorry. It just, it no. just doesn't. And also, I just don't need to know. Right. And it's not... It's just not interesting. It's not interesting. I think it's lazy. I think it's really lazy. And from what I understand, because you're right, we talked about this. Dino De Laurentiis does own the rights to Hannibal Lecter. So weird. Right? So, because my husband is a reference librarian and he can find any obscure bit of information anywhere. He told me that Dino De Laurentiis called up uh, Thomas Harris Harris. and said, listen, I'm going to make this movie. With or without you, it's going to happen. I would prefer that you write this this story because you invented this character. Right. But if you don't write it, I'm it's going to happen I'm, anyway. It's going to happen anyway. So Thomas Harris was kind of like strong armed into, into writing this, into writing it. You know, and you know maybe it bought him a boat or sure, a new great. House or I'm, I right. hope he has all the boats. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a it's fucking a, sellout. Yeah, I mean, it, I no no, and it's such a weird thing that like look. When Thomas Harris sold Manhunter or whatever, like, dude, I'm sure he was in, I'm sure he got offered a sum of money where they were like, hey, man, we want to buy the rights to this character, Hannibal Lecter, or after Silence right. of the Lambs, we're going to give you this. How do you say no How to How do you that? say no? Yeah. I mean, I come on. I yeah. don't you, begrudge. You, would you sell Rizzo and Reyes? If I, yeah, be, I would. Yeah. I would. You'd I mean, be like, you'd call me and you'd go, you'd call me from your solid gold $20 million yacht. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd say, Christy. Hey, here's what happened. Here's what happened. And I'm like, You're going to be. Can I, can I get some of that? No. You and me are going to be played by 19 year old models and we're no longer a part of it. Uh, bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So don't return to the Lectorverse. Don't return to the Lectorverse unless you're returning, returning to the Lectorverse by watching Silence of the Lambs, uh, Hannibal, Manhunter. Manhunter or Red Dragon. But. Or, or, or like this TV series right. with Mads Mikkelsen because I understand that was really good and I've seen a few episodes, so yes. But I'm sorry, I can't even remember the name of our troll who came on our yeah, Facebook page and important. said it was the greatest movie in the world. It is not, you can enjoy being wrong. Yeah. But you're wrong. So, so final question. Mm-hmm. Um, should we, should people return to Horror High? Um, if you've never seen Horror High, and you enjoy being confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. And don't care about storytelling. Right. But are in the mood for some 80s style boobs and blood. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I did think about like some of our. <laughs> sure. Some of our younger friends who haven't still haven't seen like a ton of of probably b no they'll be shocked b80s horror it might be a little we have a few young friends who will watch this movie and go like i can't believe you did this or whatever it was us we did it it was our fault we did it it was our fault it's not the boomers (laughs) ahead of us we're making anyway if you want to watch a movie that is the thing while making a comment on the thing, doing it beautifully. Just go watch Scream. Yeah, it's perfect. It, it's, it's fucking it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's um, a perfect movie. Yeah, this is so this exciting. This is great. 
This, this was great. I'm so excited. The most fun I've had in a long time. I know. Time. Like, I'm bursting with adrenaline. Yeah. I can't tell you. It's, uh, um, it, uh wow. I yeah. hope everyone who can is, is able to get vaccinated and go hang out. And still mask up, folks. If yeah, you're, man. If you're vaccinated, still put Be your cool. mask on. Be cool. And, um... Hopefully yeah, we, I don't know what we'll watch for next time, but yeah. it will be a next time. And I next time, we have another surprise for you. What? I'm not going to talk about it right now. All right. I may hint at it, but uh, via the social uh, media. But yeah, tell us if you liked Horror High um, or not. Yeah. We'll be happy to, you know, talk to you about it. Um, man, thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. It's great. great we'll see being you here. guys next time. Bye. Bye.